All right. Happy Valentine's. Let's just say that. Uh, planetary health first, Mars next. This is a special, uh, it's more than just hearts and, you know, this is the, the real cosmic love out there to yourself, to anyone you've offended or whatever it be. But today we have a really super special guest. And when I saw her over the airways, I was like, man, I got to find this person. I got to have her on. Natalia Watchtel or, or Natanya Watchtel. Right. <laughs> and she has got a PhD uh, because she's super smart, but she's super appropriate for this show. And the PhD is in behavioral science. She's done a lot of amazing things. Uh, really, her big thing is in behavior science. Also, a lot of background in, in pharmaceutical work, research, but she's got a really depth and breadth in her background. She has her own consulting group, New Solutions Network. She's part of the Chopra Foundation. Women's who uh, create Evermore, you know, the list goes on and on. So let's just let her do her thing. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Thank you so much for finding me and asking me to be on your show. And I'm really excited that the timing works by an accidental booking that we're going to be broadcast on Valentine's Day, the day of love. Um, and for clarification, you know, I'm a regular person. I'm a nerd who is also um, a dabbler. And so even the doctorate, I went for my doctorate like four different times <laughs> before I finished it. <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, I'm doing this. And then, you know, so everything is today, I hope, about showing up as you are with warts and all and loving that person and loving each other. And I'm excited to talk about that today with you and throw in a little bit of science and a little bit of alchemy in the mix. And um, I'm really in my own um, rebirth, enlightenment. I've been talking about it openly, trying to discover where I fit, where I sit, where I can be an agent of effective change. And I was sort of like, can just like talking to people and, you know, loving them, seeing them, helping them in a way that really is truly just unlocking what they are within themselves. I'm, I'm really just a catalyst. I don't do anything. I'm not a currently licensed therapist. I am not a medical doctor. I try and be very clear. It's not me. I'm just an agent of um, that self-discovery for a lot of people. And so I decided to kind of lean into that. I know some math and I've had some quite success, you know, commercially about getting, doing that for brands, right? For companies, helping them connect better with their customer audience. That's what it's all about. So they love you. It's not sales. And it's the same, same thing. So it's sort of a myriad of different things, but it's all the same thing. And with Chopra, to be also clear, you know, I'm volunteering. I'm not paid. And a lot of these endeavors, I'm not paid uh, because I'm very fortunate that I can sort of do the revenue stuff on on one side of my being and in the other way, like just show up and say, how can I help? And I encourage that and we'll talk about that for other people because what that looks like and how everyone can incorporate sort of these things that have helped me in their life. So I'm really excited to talk about it and thank you for this platform, Michael. Yeah, no, it's awesome. So glad you're here. And so we're undergoing a renaissance a renaissance in healthcare and life. It's, you know, it's very scary right now, the sort of things that are going on with AI, all the different things, but also a renaissance with you. 
And so some of the topics that you're really passionate about or think are so important, you know, with psychedelics and really putting the guardrails on that and what that means. Um, and then mental health. And today we're going to journey. I know you're a planner. You shared with us, you, you know, me, you're a strategist. So we're just going to journey on a conversation. And, yeah. what is and I was a little nervous about that. I was like, I'm not prepared. And you're like, we're going to just talk. I'm like, yeah. okay, here we go. <laughs> so and so, so audience, what, this is me pushing. If I preach it, I'm trying to do it right. I'm out of my comfort zone right in this moment because I we're 8 a.m. on a Monday. Yeah. My tech went out on Friday and I was like, here we go. So thank you. Like I'm trying to live it better. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad I, I listened to that podcast on Friday. There was it was so it was so so many things that were going on that uh, that we could just go down that road. And I know I love how you say you just don't want to listen. You know, it's like everyone doesn't want to see. Oh, yeah, I don't go so, back. I don't go back. But, I don't. But um, what what would you like to talk about today? What is really getting you excited. I know you're coming, going to a conference soon and you're, you're on a new I'm mission. always going to a conference soon. But, um, as my daughter said, you, you get paid to go around and have parties and make friends. I was like, kind of, yeah. Um, so I'm excited about really what I feel. And it, it's, it's a bit of a, you know, an, a hippie thing. I, I feel that much of humanity is going through their own enlightenment and renaissance. It feels like a, like a movement of people as we explore. And it, I think it's the convergence of, of tech, of AI, as well as other treatment modalities, other awareness, connecting better with ourselves, each other, the earth. And I think, unfortunately, as many can attest to the pandemic, especially lockdown being a flashpoint for many people's lives. And some people went inward in a dark way. And some people went inward in a sort of spiritual regrowth way or both as they are journeys that we all go through to seek deeper, more meaningful connections. And those connections can be at your home, in your immediate family, if you have one or romantic life or, you know, healing wounds uh, that have been there for years from childhood, as well as the world, right? Um, the person if you do drive through in front of you in the drive through line or um, randomly, if you take a bus or at a concert or what have you, as well as work. Mm -hmm. And I think the work side is the part that um, as a working parent, you know, it, it is really interesting to me to see that shift. Um, talked about it with my new colleagues around. I've never really been myself at work before. This is so cool, you know, like just be, you know, show up. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. the connections and the time that you're spending that you have to do to feed your family or whatever you need, or or if you just enjoy it, even those connections become more meaningful and more fulfilling and more authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is awareness you know, sort of it's, it's the Zen, like, what can you do to be aware? And for me, um, I'll be, you know, my dad is uh, 91. He's in hospice. He has dementia, he has heart failure. He's dying. And we have care uh, six hours a day, uh, six days a week, but my mom's 85. And so I'm looking forward to showing up uh, Saturday and just saying, hey, mom, you just go where you need to do. You know, it's just the caregiver burden. So 
Oh um, yeah, well that's a big one, and that's that's a big one for the there isn't. Can I say that you know I'm gonna have we're launching a TV show, and care and caregiving self care is is, a, is basically the theme. It's on a caregiving platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so that, I guess that's, that's a big topic as well. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was just it's to me it's just trying to be aware of what can we do. And what's the right thing to do? And that's just the awareness. And my mom at this point, it's just too much for her nonstop. Even though she has care for those six hours, it's still a lot. My dad needs total care. And so she's burned out. And it would be great if we could do that more often. Um, so hopefully that will start and more people along in my whatever can do that. Um, don't want to mention names, but other people can help as well. Yeah. So, so first of all, um, sorry, because we spoke about it briefly. I feel like now it's recording and I seem so callous. Of course, I'm so sorry for what you're going through, um, to be, to be clear and, and, and not, um, lighten that, but it's a beautiful thing that you recognize not only what it's like for your dad and you yourself, but also for your mom in this time, in this transition mm-hmm. time, mourning and feeling, even though he's still here, that the loss is coming, you know, that's what, mm-hmm us it's sort of pretty clear usually i mean that that's yeah. what you're preparing yourself for but also the physical and emotional toll on the right now giving her the saturday giving her two hours well the, no the night i mean she's she's going i'm telling her to leave the house like i'm coming and spending a night and staying there and the sunday is when she doesn't have a caregiver i mean the two hours i've done that all the time it's just now really stepping up it's too much and the other thing is just for showering, those sort of things. It's just that's such what a I was about to say. Thing. Just as exactly, yeah, like, no, just to take a moment to yourself yeah, and be yeah. with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's unfortunately at this extreme time, I mean, um, we're Gen X, right? And and this is the sandwich generation. What does that mean? It means we are hearing a lot about the boomers and the the impact of their them on society, on the healthcare system. And again, I don't mean this in pejorative sense. I just mean these are numbers. These are facts. I'm just putting emotional words to them in my personal opinion. But it means that someone is caring for them in the family. Someone is watching their care, their life giver, caregiver, adoptive, what have you, step parent, whatever, people they loved face the next chapter. And that is a painful reality as well as the physical and emotional burden on your daily life. You still have to get up and function and do you. And most of us have either small children or a partner or maybe someone that we already care for. And that's on top. And I think it's a breaking point. And you can either face it like that and let yourself slowly die, or you can kind of do what you're doing and sort of recognize it for what it is and taking some moments of pause and reflection. But not everyone has that outlet. And so I think what you're doing is beautiful service for people. So thank you to kind of give permission to kind of say like, this sucks, or this is a lot, or I need a break. And that's okay. Yeah, I think also it's honor, right? So it's like, where do we get these big, bold terms? Like honor means honoring the moment, your elders, your children, whatnot, and doing what's right. It's not what's glamorous. So, and I could always do more. And so I'm going to feel good because that's where my dad is and that's where my situation is. And, uh, you know, and I also thank my wife for reminding me, like, you need to do that. So without that influence, but going back to what you're up to and where you've gone um i'd love to hear 
with what you've seen with mental health and your interest in really healing like people at a deeper level. Um, you're, you're talking about some really cool stuff on Friday on the podcast I listened to, which you haven't listened to, but I think you remember some of those topics. No, so I, I, love, I do, I do. <laughs> so I'd love to get going on some of that, you know, with psychedelics. Uh, I think there's some huge opportunity there. And the way you've crafted the conversation is so helpful and so thorough because there's especially with marijuana now, everyone thinks you can smoke marijuana. It's going to cause lung cancer just as much as anything. Inhaling anything will burn and do the same thing, but there might be a lot of good stuff. And so psychedelics, there's some good stuff, but yeah, there can be some serious bad stuff too. So let's do it under constraints. And that's um, why we have you here. Thank you all yeah, for a really good conversation. You. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that right before you started recording, right? I said, my view is this, and it's in my opinions. Psychedelics for any kind of whole person health, mental health, you know, we'll laser in on today, but whole person health is just to me like fire. It's a magical catalyst of incredible change. When fire came to man, right, depending on your belief system, you could cook food. Sure. You could melt metal and make weapons of a different kind. You could warm your family. You could completely change how we as a species communicate and commune and live. And it's incredible, but it also can kill you and it can be used as a weapon and it can be dangerous and it can be accidental damage. Right. So it's the same to me in that I personally believe these should not be schedule one. They should not be illegal especially my my personal zone of, of um, advocacy is in psilocybin because that's where I've studied the most. But I do believe that there is a readiness to be able to have a connection with these medicines, treatments, ancestral wisdom, however you prefer to call it, that if you're not there, and we can talk about that, with that readiness, you're not going to get the benefit of that healing because you're not ready. And to get to that healing, I believe you need a professional person to help with that. And it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist or psychologist per se. There are a lot of people who are trained in this work. But I believe that that is a preparation that needs to happen to treat it like magic, right? Like a magic healing agent in the way that we do, whether you do it from a religious point of view or just a respect and honor point of view. I love that word. And then once you have that experience, to understand how to integrate what you've learned and experienced into your daily life in this material world. And so that you can be that best you that you need to be and show up for it. So I want to be very careful. I'm an advocate for these studies that are going on. Some of these um, compounds in the United States are illegal. And I want to be very clear what I'm advocating for. I'm advocating as a global citizen of the world that everyone has access to things that can help them. But I also urge caution, just like you would for laws around operating a motor vehicle or machinery, anything that impairs you, you need to be careful. And I think that is important to be said just because that's my responsibility to make sure that's said as well. I love that. And so that didn't just come out of thin air, right? You had your own health journey. You had your own sickness and mushrooms you, you, the, our, our normal health system is broken. We know yeah. that. Yeah. And, and diet 
medicine is not talked about. I have my doctor, which I'm getting a new one. I'm going to go to a, a integral medicine group because they're going to talk about how are you sleeping? Let's get to that. How yeah. are you eating? What is your food that you're eating? Yeah. How are you, um, you know, exercising, right? What does that look yeah. like? So you had your own health challenge. And through that challenge, our healthcare system, which sadly wasn't working, you needed other resources. Tell us about that journey, how you got to mushrooms. Okay. I haven't talked too much about all of this on the air before, but I'm realizing, especially actually this weekend, like I, I need to because it helps people understand and believe what I'm all about right now. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for this because I was like, okay, I guess we'll go here. And I'm, I'm, I'm trepidatious, but forgive me because I was as far away from believing in any of these things as you can get. I was hardcore like Western science, uh, you know, these clinical things must be in this study before I would even consider it. Otherwise it's bunk. And I'm not proud of that. I'm just being honest to say I came from a very rigid mindset around what is he, what can heal us and what it means and where we learn from. And as I started to break down physically and mentally um, and emotionally, but also mask that with, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like we do. I, I came to a flashpoint and that some people I hope get to this before I let it go. I mean, I had a clinical death and um, <laughs> mm -hmm. almost there more than once. It took a little while, it took a couple knocks for me to get to it, to get it. And mm -hmm. finally, uh, you know, I was like, there, there has to be something more. And I was given um, tools and advice that I wasn't ready for. I was given deep, a book by Deepak. I was given a book by Joe Dispenza. I was given a book um, and some background into, you know, about plant-based eating. And I was like, thank you very much. And I put them on the side because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to really examine what was illing, you know, causing my ill and what systemically that was doing in my body, my mind, and my family mm -hmm. and how I was showing up in this life. And then I don't honestly know what happened, but one day instead of planning for my death, I decided I wanted to plan for the life I had left. Mm. And it was wow. sort of like this deep, deep voice. We had a lot of loss in the family, including my, my first husband passed away. So with, we had a child together. Um, my immediate, we basically had like five immediate family member deaths in like five, six years. It was, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I was sick. A lot. And, and so, and I just acted like, and I was running the company and doing, you know, it was insane, insane. I'm not advocating this for anyone. I'm not proud of this. Um, and everyone would be like, how do you do it? How do you do this? And I'm like, it's fine. It wasn't fine. And so in that moment of rebuilding, rebirth, just really pure, like I, I just want to be here, whether it's five minutes, five days or five years, where do I start? And you know, it was an amalgamation of things that worked for me. So for everyone, things are different and you don't have to be dying. You don't have to be depressed to want to feel better about yourself and this world. So let me be clear, that was my catalyst, but I would wish for people. And that's also why I work with young people so much, right? Wish for people, you don't have to go that deep down the hole to come back out and be on this other side where you're kind of maybe nauseatingly 
radiatingly smiling at everyone all the time. And then people are like, what are you on? And I'm like, I got mm-hmm. up. You know, I was actually asked that at the psychedelics conference. Mm-hmm. Are you on mushrooms? Cause you're dancing like that. And I was like, no, I'm dancing like this. Cause I got up today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't need a substance um, and don't take them and had a very sober life for a number of reasons. So I want to be very clear. Um, what I'm really advocating for is healing and self-love. Mm-hmm. The tools that you use individually are your own choices. And that's not for me to say. And what you do recreationally is your own choice. If you're asking about me, it's about starting with choosing, oh, getting a little break in my voice, choosing to love yourself and be honest about who you want to be and who you don't want to be and mm-hmm. start there. Yeah, I'm seeing um, a curiosity and a vulnerability, a freedom. And it's tough, right? It's, it's, we, we've, you've been super focused. You have children, you have things you need to do. Payroll. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Other people's families, right? Yeah. That depends on me. And in the nonprofits, like you were saying, women who created the nonprofit for an education and scholarship program for, for the BIPOC and women of color community. Another group that I'm passionately supporting is is called Inspiring My Generation, which is an anti-suicide prevention for young people. And so these groups, as well as others, you know, and now it's a little bit more on the internet because my husband recently, I let him post, which luckily he doesn't have a lot of followers, but um, (laughs) about how I kind of, you know, I'm the person in the town, you know, I help the local business, you know, just sort of see, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows this. And I don't even talk about it. I'm not doing it for shameless Mm self-promotion, just like what can I do? And what you can do doesn't always have to do anything with money. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Um, and I couldn't do any of those things as well as I have been able to because I didn't care about myself. I thought that was what you're supposed to do. You just take care of everybody um, emotionally, financially, or otherwise, and then you're you're great. And I realized, yeah, but none of that really matters if you're not taking care of you. And so again, I'm going to repeat myself because I know it takes a while for it to sink in. And I know words are clunky. And so I'm hoping that somebody listening because of this Valentine's airing really realizes the power of that, that all of us, whether you can ambulate and walk or you're in a wheelchair, whatever state you are, you don't have to be dancing around like me, you know, find the thing that lets you be free and then share that with other people. That Mm -hmm. is a big thing. Now that said, a lot of people are in a very dark way and need other kinds of help. And so I also want to be very, very clear. I'm not trashing pharma and biotech and medicines. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I believe they have their place and they are important. The thing that I was drawn to in the psychedelics world for healing was that I felt like the pharmaceutical products that I had been working with for over 20 years were not getting to the root of what was causing us not to be our most highest self. And Mm -hmm. and that's what I mean. So I also want to be very careful about that because I did get some chiding from my girlfriends like, are you torching pharma? And I'm like, like, are you biting the hand that fed you? And I'm like, no. Because if you can't function in the way that we have this society, like you can't get out of your bed or take a shower or talk to people and the world is too much, then sometimes these medicines can help you do that. And that's important. Mm -hmm. And there is, oh, sorry. 
No, I was just going to say, so I want, I just need to make sure I articulate that because a lot of times everyone wants to talk about why the psychedelics and, 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 and throw out your SSRIs and, you know, there's a part of me that would like less manufactured things in our bodies. I I've experienced that cleansing feeling and how it can go, but I'm, that was me. And so I'm not saying that's for everyone and I'm not a medical doctor, but psychedelics for whatever reason, some people think they override what we call the default mode network. You know, your, your, your guard, your guardian of this is good, bad, right, and whatever in this material world. And when it transcends that, you sort of let go. It becomes almost like where you feel like you're in a dream and anything is possible. Some people feel like it is a connection to a higher universal consciousness and it's a religious um, thing. And so these have been around for thousands of years and we are just starting to learn and understand what they can do for us. And I'm on that journey. I mm -hmm. also want to be clear, I've still not done a medical dose of these drugs um, or treatments or, or wisdoms. And I'm doing all of this with clinical support. I just can't name it right now. But... Mm -hmm. um, it's new for me too. Mm -hmm. I just started with the science and the data and the anecdote and meeting people and talking to people about how they have changed their lives. And mm -hmm. I thought, this is where I want to be. These people mm -hmm. are healing. And a lot of it began um, with the veterans and PTSD. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad I let you, I almost interrupted you because you finished with what I was going to say, the research from John Hopkins. There's tons of research, especially with PTSD. Or, or people that have just not been receptive to any other sort of treatments. And exactly. it's that amazing, like, or, or alcoholism, just some serious addictive addictions. And from that, um, so the evidence is overwhelming or, or appearingly, of course, and, um, but doesn't mean it's an either or, neither and or, you know? So, uh, so I think that's um, really important and and there needs to be more so i'm really glad you're 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 going um deep into this and 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 really bringing more awareness i mean whether we're talking about ptsd of our nation's heroes and heroines or we're talking about undiagnosed ptsd that is a lived ptsd of being a caregiver your whole life it's ptsd yeah. You're in constant yeah. trauma. You're worried about someone in fight or flight. Your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous mm -hmm. systems are dysregulated, right? You can't relax. You can't mm -hmm. relax. You have adrenaline going all the time. That that That's trauma. Mm -hmm. Whether you had childhood things that you're aware of or you're not, those that's trauma. Um, that's important. We're walking around like shell-shocked individuals, all of us colliding like a pinball machine. That that's not how that's not what we were created for. And I didn't even realize that myself. I just thought just be tough and have your armor and get through it and do a good job and get the check and and provide for the family. And then I'm a different person as a parent. A lot of people who come into my life, they're like, "Oh, I get you now." I'm like, "Yeah, the work is just what I do to make all this possible." Like that's that's really mm -hmm. me. But I realize now I can have the me that I was at home everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing. And so for soldiers, veterans who went and whether they had an, um, you know, a field experience or just training, I mean, I, I say just meaning they, they had to deal with the crux of our humanity, you know, to take lives 
and to risk your life for others. All of that is some big stuff. And, you know, there is some psych, like, let me be really clear, the military does a lot to support, but it's not equipped and not designed to support what is needed. And what is needed is much bigger. And it's, and this might be blasphemous, for me, it transcends the labels of an, any individual organized religion. It's it's bigger than that. It's about the core of who we are at a cellular level. And that's what these medicines unlock. So whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's or addiction or PTSD, to me, it's a basket of dis-ease, right? Yeah. Dis-ease mm -hmm. with your human form. And that's mm -hmm. what the medicines help kind of re re reconnect. And that's kind of magic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sort of worrisome. I know psycho uh, the 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 psychedelics, the LSD. I guess that you know is kind of the history of that. I know they're different, but they're sort of similar. With the CIA doing all these crazy tests back in the '60s, and um, I, I don't know. It just seems unfortunate that a lot of times the big power structures kind of want to just not let something that could be really helpful out and or control it overwhelmingly and um you know it it, it we have a, a seriously challenge where this modernity uh is really making a lot of people um you know it's not you know it's not working for a lot of us yeah you know? yeah absolutely and um it was a comic it might have been well, it doesn't matter. There was a comic who says, this is not my um, thought, who was saying, you know, wow, this stuff is really powerful. Let's weaponize it. You know, like you could take two paths. Let's try and see if we can help people or if we can manipulate. And so just like fire, that's why I love that analogy, right? So it's like that. Mm -hmm. Whatever the molecules are and the way they work neurogenically with our brains and or, and I also mean gut brain, mm -hmm. um, opens us to be reprogrammed for lack of a better word. I mean, this is all an electrical box, right? That has instructions that carry out. This is how you breathe. This is how the heart beats. This is how you move your left arm. This is how you move your, it's the same, it's the same stuff. And you can take autonomy of it and guide it and connect with your subconscious and power your own self. And it's like, literally like waking up to reality that's new mm -hmm. or you can let yourself be part of the machine and it's the kind of that simple and it's also that terrifying at the same time because anything dramatic like that is going to have risk magic comes with a price mm -hmm. okay i think that's it i'll just say that and then you I go think, i think the thing that that I'm interested by it is the death of the ego. I think our ego is our no, our, as a friend tells me, our ego is not our amigo or our e ega is not our amiga, right? Yeah, so make sure yeah. that's kind of where I was going. So perfect segue, right? So, I mean, even though I'm a bit rambly because I'm nervous to be so blunt. Yeah, I don't, you, just we're, we're real. This is, this is real stuff. You know, I don't even have to, I can, but this is just, thank you for coming on. And I, I don't want you to, you know, we're, we're no, cool. but it's good. good. It's good. This is it's real. Good. This is real. Yeah. It's good. And so death of the ego is a really great point and really good next topic, right? And I think you may or may you probably heard this in the podcast I did last week on um on Tommy's podcast, right? About what 
is one of the profound things that happens. And I actually personally believe it can happen gradually or, or in one episode. But again, clinically, what has been documented, and again, I'm focusing on a lot of Western science clinical trial data, but I also want to be clear, this is thousands and thousands of years of spiritual practice, of medical practice in the East with Native Americans here in the, this, where the U.S. is, um, and Canada and Mexico and throughout the world. You know, this is not my idea. I'm just now evangelical, for lack of a better word, about it, that what is ego? And I, I, as someone who's studied psych for quite a bit of time, I don't necessarily mean it in the Freudian way that most people come to talk about ego as in your bravado. To be clear, let's define it, right? So we're talking about the, I am so important, the me that I am, the Netanya of me, the Michael of you, and everything we do or say or when you put your foot in your mouth or you were the asshole or you were the jerk or you were the villain in someone's story, all of that, you let that go. And it is freeing. It is freeing. And you can ask the universe for forgiveness. You can ask for forgiveness for those who you've wronged. You can ask for forgiveness of yourself for your own actions and you start fresh. That's amazing. And then you have a choice. And how do I want to walk in this world with the time that I have here? That's what these medicines can help you do in a singular day. Again, with the preparedness and the ability to have support into what to do with that. It's big stuff. This is not, okay, I'm going to go from wearing pink all the time to wearing black all the time or whatever. You know, it's not, it's not that. It is a profound, I think of um, most people know about because Apple releases new updates all the time, right? And there's a new OS. It's like that, but like times a thousand, right? It's like a new way of seeing yourself and others and your purpose. And of course, it also means sometimes people make dramatic changes. So it's scary. Someone who's lived with different addictions, and I believe most of us suffer from at least one or two addictions, whether we label them as such or not, myself included. And I'll, you know, it's not a shock for those who know me a long time. I had a small time in my life where because of other misdiagnosed health conditions and such and physical injury, I was immobile in bed and um, became morbidly obese. And now I'm very, very small again. So it's hard for people to understand that. And what I mean is um, I was wearing my issue. I didn't do drugs or alcohol, but I ate too much food. That was my thing. And everyone has a thing. Some you can see and some you don't. And some people don't see for themselves and some they do, right? So you mentioned that and that's why I'm going back to it to talk about this isn't just about what psychedelics can do for PTSD, what psychedelics can do for mental health, what psychedelic, you know what I mean? To me, it's mm -hmm. what looking at the world as meaningful and as your place as being meaningful can be like, and these are tools that maybe can help you reconnect if you've lost your way. I, I love when I was seeing some of these documentaries on it and you'd have people that were Catholic, you know, from, you know, Catholics or, you know, of faiths and they had found God from that and yeah. they, they had that oneness experience. So it's just, um, I think we've used so many things that have like, Oh, this is for, 
you know, drug these seekers people. or hippies yeah, or whatever. People. But it's like you take a strand of just a, a swath of normal everyday people and just their experiences anecdotally, of course, right? That's not, re you know, research per se, but if you get enough of it. Um, so I've, I found that pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. So we are trying to use the tools that we have from the scientific community, whether they be fMRI or brain scan, you know, all different kinds of ways of looking at what's happening and why are we behaving this way or that way? And why is this person acting out? And why is this person violent? And why is this person not functioning? And why is this child not paying attention in school? And we're doing what we can to figure it out, but we don't really know is my, that's my controversial opinion, right? Except for there's a, disconnect there's a discord that is happening and what's amazing is understanding that even there's potential to be the ultimate you the ultimate family your child to flourish your your father to be at peace with coming to the end of this mortal life that's beautiful i can't believe it's not allowed that part I'm really angry about, um, probably getting myself in trouble by saying these things, but it's it's not okay for me. Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean that's not allowed? And also to be able to access it even underground or in a clinical trial is is not everyone. Um, mm -hmm. There are people without the resources and the means and, and it shouldn't be a class divide. I mean, it's, it's gross. Yeah. This is this is something and that's another thing that how it works in our system, in our factory of this is where money goes and this is where money comes and this is who has it and who doesn't. And this is who can get this kind of care and this is who can get that kind of care. So to me, it all feeds back into some of the bigger platforms that I've been an advocate for for a long time. And most people, regardless whether you're Democrat, Republican in the U.S. or, or whatever you are, want everyone to have the right to be healed mm -hmm. and that's what this is about now the good news is there's a lot of shift in our government mm -hmm. in our scientific communities who are willing to look at these compounds and study them to understand them as leastly as closely as we understand why we get tooth decay and if we mm -hmm. can look at those things and also understand the body is one body system because we talked about that in the very beginning, and I didn't forget about integrative medicine. That's a big part of, I guess, the labels and the language that we have to explain this. Mm -hmm. As you kind of connect all of, I don't know, the organs in your body to work as one, mm -hmm. as the skin on the outside. I mean, for me, people are like, it's not just about my weight loss, because people focus on that. You know, how did you get back to you? And I'm like, you know, it's all, it's about all of it. It's about your skin, your hair, your nails, your heart, your eyeballs, your everything, you know, and they all connect and work better together when you honor them as a body system. And that's not how our Western, at least here in the U.S., that's not how we're designed to even approach an ailment or the body. And that's, mm -hmm. if you would have said that I'd be talking about this 10 years ago, <laughs> I would have laughed in your face and been like, mm -hmm. that's bunk stuff. Like, yeah. okay. You know, and so now I'm here doing it and I need to be clear for those who are not here yet, it's freeing. And I mm -hmm. encourage you to explore it and find a way to connect to this new way of seeing the world and the world opens up to you and people make dramatic changes. So when you're living in addiction, 
when you're living in trauma all the time, you start to see the world in that way. And you also define yourself, your personality, your who you are with that lens. When you take that away, you're going to want to make changes. And some people are not going to be okay with that because they're going to see you doing things very differently. You're going to maybe want a different job or a mm -hmm. different set of friends or different, like I said, clothing or hairstyle or gender identity. I, I want to be very clear. Like this is going to be the frontier of you see people making big changes. I see it, you know, it starts on Instagram and, and Facebook and now it's in LinkedIn, you know, um, from career, you know, these are quadrants we were living. And to me, that's part of it too. It's a whole body system. It's a whole life. You are one person with all of these worlds. And when you unify them, it, it actually becomes simple and calm. Like for me personally, everyone's like, how do you do so much? And this is the other analogy I'll leave you with since we are in the month of February. And it is the movie Groundhog Day. Very, very, very literary reference here from Natanya the Nerd. Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Do you know the movie? Mm -hmm. Do you yes. remember at the end where he has this singular day that he has had to relive over and over again? with these irritations of people bothering him, interrupting him, you know, wanting things from him and he just doesn't have time for that and or it's frustrating his end goal. And at the end, he's been, now obviously this is a movie, so this is not quite, this is an allegory, <laughs> but he maneuvers through this singular day, right? With an ease and a calm and a joy. And he in turn, whether it's helping someone not step in a puddle or helping someone with piano, right? Like little things mm -hmm. make him feel great, make them feel great. And none of it's really transactional. He's not like, I'm investing in your company and I'm giving, you know, it's it's minor. And then everyone is smiling. And I mean, it's like that. It's like living the end of Groundhog Day as every day in your life and you just maneuver through and have the best outcome possible and it doesn't even feel like work. It feels good. That's what I'm doing right now and that's what I want everyone to feel. Mm -hmm. I like that analogy and because Groundhog Day, I, I was always thinking, oh my God, this is the same day, drudgery. You just reframed it in the way that it should be. This is a new day, a whole new day. It's beautiful. Like and One day can be amazing. Mm-hmm. So this has been great. Thank you for showing up, being you, doing what and saying what you're doing. Anything else that you would like to leave on the the fourth of July? The uh, fourth of July, right? The <laughs> Valentine's Day, huh? I love that. For that's a Freudian because we have fun, right? And Fourth of July fireworks, woo! <laughs> like every day, live every day like it's the Fourth of July because you woke up. And if mm -hmm. you start the morning, and I I'm really passionate about this. If you start the day, the minute you wake up, taking a moment for yourself and being like, today is a good day to have a good day. It's a little pledge I taught my daughters in COVID to help them. Although some bad things may happen, I can choose to have a good day. Today is going to be a good day. And that's what I, my hippie, the new hippie comes to tell you. I've actually was a hippie back then. I just lost her, but she's back. Nice. And and that's what I would wish that everyone taking away, you know, can try that and see how it feels. Try it for 10 days, 21 days, even ideally try that. I wish you good things. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Natanya. Anything else, uh, how people can find you, connect with you, uh, anything? 
Well, luckily, my name is so hard to pronounce. It's easy to find. <laughs> it's easy to find. So you can find me all over all right, the internet. Cool. Yes. Awesome. Well, this has been a great experience on Planetary Health First, Mars <laughs> Next. Until next time, friends, peace out and a lot of love. Lots more love on Valentine's.